Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG Podcast. I'm one of your co-host, Trevor Cuba, aka Kikita Odimaro, joined together by someone who sometimes records his audio. And I'd rather be dry, but at least I'm alive. I'm Zar Agus, the Hottie Magistrate. Going right into Lady Gaga, uh-huh. huh? And, uh, okay. and we have, this week, we have a, a special guest, uh, up, uh, descended from the mountains from on high, and... Uh, I guess he put on a shirt now, so he is a shirted mountain <laughs> lizard. And this is, we have Alex Jacobs. Say hi, Alex. Hi, new friends. Uh, I, I am wearing, wearing a shirt now, uh, mostly because I've been in quarantine uh, for the past seven weeks. I rediscovered cooking, and right now no one needs to see me without a shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm about, uh, yeah, after this episode is done, I'm going to be making pasta puttanesca. That sounds good. The um, actually, the Dragon Discord chat has been renamed to the Mountaintop Kitchen. Uh, oh, it's basically nice. just, we're, we're just swapping recipes. <laughs> at this point. Nice. To be fair, the most productive the Dragon Clan has been in decades. So. Oh. I hate that. That's true. <laughs> this is good. So. Second verse, same as the first. Alex, are you recording right now? You have audio going to audacity. <laughs> Is this, is, it is it is recording. It's making wave signs. So this is the best that I can do. Uh, okay. All right. Great. Sar, are you recording? You don't have your audio going into Twitch or some shit. <laughs> no, I am recording. Yes. Okay. Because if I keep losing weeks of recording, <laughs> I'm gonna duel you all. Well, good to know that at least Zar screwed up once as well. That's not just me. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, I'm going to set up a come one at a time line and that the FC line and stuff like, please submit your WAV files right here. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. That's great. This is going to be a laugh-filled episode. We are definitely, we are definitely racing for the bottom on this one. <laughs> All right, okay. so... News! It's the apocalypse. Everything's canceled. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not just moving on. We got a couple of announcements. Yeah. So what's our, what's our announcement? Okay, so here? the first uh, t- uh, the first thing that's uh, that it's announcing is um, new releases. Pack two is officially going to be quote unquote officially released in the United States on uh, on June the fifth. So that's not this the Friday we are recording, but the Friday after. Uh, second, it's, uh, going to be that, uh, the Hotomoto page is up on FFG's website. And so, yep. you know, it's great. I got a story about that in a little bit. Um, but last thing that, uh, that was announced was Gen Con, uh, sadly, is officially canceled. So, you know, um, kind of like... Big surprise. Not, yeah, huge <laughs> surprise. Huge. Big. Grand Canyon-sized surprise. Sarcasm, in case you haven't realized. Um, that, that's canceled. So, you know, it is... Or, or technically, officially postponed. That's the, that's the correct word we have to use. Well, no, 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 no. The, the, in-per- the is... in-person convention has been canceled, but there yeah. will still be a Gen Con online. Yes. It's not like it's not like Origins, where Origins is actually postponed until October. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, yeah, I... may, be the first, may be the first Kote uh, that's going to be, like, since it's reopened, unless the UK Game Expo is before that. Yeah, but I, I know as someone who actually works at a number of conventions that even ones that are like going on till next year, uh, they're officially saying that they're postponed Got it. because many p- places where they can afford to are saying, hey, your ticket's going to carry over till next year. Um, or if you wish to get a refund, you do. I believe that's what Gen Con's doing right now. You can yeah. reach out to them to get a refund, or if you don't want to get a refund, then your badge and tickets will ref- roll over until next year. Yeah. So Gen, Gen Con is a, a little bit more nuanced than that. Um, by default, your tickets will roll over till next year. Uh, if you want a refund, you can contact them for a refund, or if you want to be super generous, you can contact them and you can donate your badge uh, to Gen Con since they're just basically hemorrhaging money this year. Um, they're actually a pretty small company. They only have 14 uh, full-time employees. And obviously, they only make money once per year at the con. Um, yeah. So if you want to be yeah. a nice person, help them to go, um, donate your badge. Absolutely. Please do. Again, again as someone who uh, has his head in running a number of conventions, um, uh, the, the truth of the business is as soon as you get the money, uh, you buy your badge, that money goes directly into paying 
all sorts of fees from hotel space to gas to all sorts of things. So it's not like they're sitting on a pile of money right now. The reason reasons why they're like, if you want us to support Gen Con, they could, even though it's like a multi-million dollar industry, they could really use your support right now because they don't have it. It yeah. doesn't exist. Well, they're they're multi-million dollars in the sense that multi-millions of dollars pass through them, not that they have multi-million yeah. dollars. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Conventions are a real in-out situation. Yeah. It's, it, it, I mean, it's... Well, you I had guess, to make you know, a dirty, didn't you, mouth. Trevor? Well, I was going to say hand-to-mouth, but... Uh... <laughs> It's not like these Gen Con monies are raining all over on me. Rain on me. Rain on me. Rain on me. Rain on me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, also, another announcement. I guess it's out of the cast out of the bag. But, uh, you know, the new Lady Gaga album drops this Friday. Is that an L5R LCG announcement? I made it! <laughs> but it's... Okay. We'll put it on the docket. Let's just announce things. Put it on the docket. <laughs> Now it's official. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, so I guess on to this week's topic. Um, Dragon. Yes. Yeah. We, we brought our guest in, Alex. Alex, did we, we're, we're sitting here rambling as our normal selves. Well, for the second time in a row. Yeah, pretty much. We tried doing this like, uh, last week. There was some audio issues. But uh, the dragons are really proper. bad at their job of recording the history of the Empire, apparently. Yeah. The, the dragon are bad at pretty much everything, including dueling. But... Uh, please tell the listeners like, who you is and what you do. Uh, I'm clutching well, my I'm pearls. a royal dragon player, and I will say that I earned my first Hadamoto, uh title with the dueling deck back before uh, any of the current dueling shenanigans were a thing. So mm. suck on that, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we can all know that uh, making a deck with, uh, what is it, Miramoto's Daisho is not a quote-unquote dueling deck. No, no, I was, <laughs> I was, running, I was running dueling in it's core. Like, like I, first packs unplugged, first Grand Cote went six uh six one with the dragon dueling deck. Oh yeah, that was a little small environment where that was viable. I remember that. Yeah. Well, I kept running for the next two years, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, loyal dragon player, um, run a couple of decks. Um, other big things. Um, I won the first U.S. Elemental ch- uh, Challenge. Uh, won an Elemental Championship as a lot of the uh, players have done. Um, and uh, been a contributor with a couple of articles for Imperial Advisor, uh, sharing a couple deck lists, and uh, I, I like to think that I'm kind of a, I don't want to say a big deal, but uh, people have heard me. It, it, I'm a big I, deal. I, yeah, You're I'm, not, I'm a not a big, big deal. deal. I'm, I'm people deal. just know you. <laughs> That's good. That, You're also. Awesome. You're also the host of a podcast. I am. That is, uh, has, rec- I think our last re- uh, episode was almost a year ago, and you were you were our last guest, so thanks for killing that, Trevor. <laughs> well, hey, if there's one thing you know about Trevor Cuba is he brings ruin destruction wherever he goes. We appreciate it. The, uh, so the I do, failure I do will post- rain down on you. I, rain down on you. Rain down on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to figure out a way to tie this into the rain of blood, and I'm not quite there yet, but maybe by the end of the episode. <laughs> Um, I do host the uh, Sixth Ring Rollin' and Rokugan podcast. That is the Sixth Ring's lore podcast. Uh, we have a couple back episodes that actually I think are pretty high quality content. So if you're interested in the, in the RPG or lore of Rokugan, uh, go ahead and check those out. I'll come on and guess how was freaking last uh, province won't let me go over there because I've been like threatening to go over there and talk about dueling for the last two <laughs> years. <laughs> uh, I will say um, back in... Uh, in previous arcs, I issued several challenges to Spooky, uh, my dueling deck versus his dueling deck, and he he was afraid to show up. <laughs> oh, don't do that to Spooky. Oh, don't do that. I mean, we, we, we like him. Don't, I mean, he, remember, also, he's he's a story writer. He's going to kill Mitsu now. <laughs> I love those guys so, so much. Really, from the bottom they of my do. heart. They, Not the best they are. They are great. <laughs> well, if the if the only way that players can influence the story right now is to piss off the writers, then that's the route we've got to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's great. Check out my story prizes doesn't mean you can't have an effect. Check out the article that I wrote and posted on very social media outlets earlier this week to learn more about that. Absolutely, actually, a great article. People should check it out. Yeah, it is. You 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 make a very good. You make several very. I, w- I would go into it, but it's, ironically, it's a bit more of the um, the 
Well, actually, we can fit it here. However, like we are in the middle of our beginner series right yeah. now, so we're getting too deep in the woods. We've already just recorded like ten minutes of in jokes. No one's going to get exactly. <laughs> so, what do our beginners want to know? They want to learn about Dagron. How does one play Dragon these days? Yeah. If I'm a new player, okay. what does a Dragon deck look yeah, like? If you're a new and player, if you're a new player, like you mean like just like the, the top three things. Okay. Um, first thing to know about Dragon is that every Dragon deck is going to be a tower deck in some capacity. How far it leans into that will, will vary. If you're a completely new player and don't know what that means, uh, decks can go what we call tall or wide. Uh, and this, you'll see this phys- literally on the board. Uh, it'll be physically represented. A wide deck has a bunch of characters in play, so it takes up a lot of horizontal real estate on the board. A tall deck takes one character, puts a bunch of attachments, and you can actually physically see it getting taller. Um, and then it finds ways to use that character to a lot of advantage, getting their numbers very high, getting them in multiple conflicts, and trying to get additional effects that key off of their stats. Um, the most obvious way that Dragon builds tower is with the original Stronghold, Mount Zanville Castle, which gives you additional stats for getting your attachments on your character. And you've got a bunch of cards that You've got a bunch of attachments in dragons and cards that key off of those attachments. Um, second way uh, dragon towers is with the new stronghold, uh, High House of Light, which can make one of your characters immune to events uh, if they're a monk. And if you play enough cards, um, you can also move extra fate onto that character so that they stay around longer in the game. Uh, is again, it's all about getting additional value out of that character. There is a third dragon archety- archetype. Um, which is a control deck, deck out of Shiro Kitsuki. No one's really figured out how to make that work yet, and if you're a new player, I don't recommend going for it. But if you're the sadistic kind of individualist who says, I don't care if it's a bad idea, I want to play around with it and figure it out, then Dragon is absolutely the right place for you, so um, go nuts with that. <laughs> it's actually, I, th- I, th- I think you mean masochistic. Well, it, in-game, Dragon is supposed to be the clan of individualists. It's about finding your finding your your particular path and your particular destiny. And so, in-game, it, it's always been about rewarding your own me- your own methods. Um, experiment, try things out. I will say that as an, one of the traps of an LCG is because you tend to get all the cards. You can build every deck. It's very easy to simply uh, net deck the top deck and run that. But the other side of it, which a lot of people overlook, is you have all the cards, you have all the tools to experiment with. Um, so, give it a shot. Like, what, what do you have to lose? Yeah, this is true. I do like, from a lore perspective, the Dragon Clan were supposed to be like, we're going to be the Season 2 bad guys, but then people like them too much. So, like, okay, what's our plot arc now? I'm not- I don't know. Let's just be weird and hope no one asks us too many questions. <laughs> I'm hoping Dragon are the bad guys in the new arc. Like, and you look at Togashi Yukuni, like, he is the bad guy. Like, look at that arc. Tell me that he is not the villain. Or at least a villain. <laughs> oh, like, that. you could just look at his character art from the first version of the game. Like, yes, this is clearly a character who is designed to be a villain in, like, the 11th hour of a, or season two or yeah, something. Did, did, well, first one was designed to be a villain by somebody who had no idea how human anatomy actually works. <laughs> he's got so many his knees has muscles (laughs) yes yes his elbows have muscles there's so many muscles he's so strong how how are you alive right now this is the question he's like listen i sat at the mountain and i thought about philosophy really hard and i just exploded like a jojo character the the original (laughs) art looks like one of the one of those uh uh, pictures of bane from the batman comics where he puts too much of the serum in him and he just starts exploding with muscles I like seeing pictures of old Yukuni because he's got—he's so completely stacked. He's like when he holds his swords, his swords look more like significantly less effective than just punching people <laughs> with his giant meaty fists. Uh, well, to to get back on topic, uh, because Dragon is about is about towering, you want to find ways to use that tower as much as possible. So you want to find ways to ready that tower to get them in multiple conflicts. That might be cards. Uh, such as Indomitable Will, which is our in-clan way of keeping somebody ready. Um, It's a one-cost event. If a character uh, you control wins a conflict, and they are the only character you control, you can play it as a reaction so that they don't bow from conflict resolution. Uh, Or you can look for out-of-clan ways to keep your character ready, Um, such as Kikita's Final Stance, or um, the other crane one as Reckless Offense or something. Um, I'm blanking the name. 
uh, or the Lion Clan event in service to my lord, uh, or the Crab event, common cause. Just you're looking for these additional ways to keep the character up and active. Um, and beyond that, just throw a bunch of shit on them, uh, swords, uh, abilities, whatever attachments you can find, and watch as they start wrecking things. Uh, it's actually a pretty, for oh, pretty straightforward about, way of playing. You're talking, you're talking about Return the Offense. I was like, what's Reckless That's the one. Wreck oh, return the Offense. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Reckless uh, yeah. Alright, so I, I should <laughs> let the listeners know, in addition uh, to playing the game, I also um, helped Kikita Kaori uh, do the L5R Cocktails page. Uh, we have a brand new Crane Cocktail, which I'm enjoying right now. Nice. She just posted that uh, on the Crane uh, boards, yeah. Um, it is is pretty delicious. I recommend it. Uh, we did try and push the technique a little bit for this. So if you're only used to making martinis or something where you have to all you do is stir stuff around and strain it, uh, this is a little bit trickier. It involves a reverse dry shake, which sounds fancy but is incredibly easy. Um, go ahead, give it a shot. Uh, you'll ha you'll have a good time. Okay, there we go. <laughs> it does look good. But back on topic, as we were saying. Uh, so, uh, we're in uh, the Dynasty phase. I'm sure I'm looking to mulligan my first turn. What characters am I looking for to mulligan my Dynasty, and what am I looking to mulligan in my conflict All right. uh, deck? So this is going to depend a little bit on which type of dragon deck you're running. Uh, I'm going to assume that you're not running Shirokitsuki stuff, because that's weird. Um, if you're running if you're running High House of Light, you might actually be trying to get your 5-cost Mitsu out, which sounds incredibly reckless, but your mulligan is your best chance to find that character. And because of the stronghold, you can generally keep them alive uh, for a good number of rounds, starting love to see additional copies to refate them, uh, which means they're going to be out there for the whole game. Um, so if you're in, going for a high house, you might want your five-cost big monk. If you're running Are you buying Zephyr, him first turn, or just buying him and like letting him stay there for a round so you can save up money? Um, the problem is that it's very easy for your opponent to see, oh, this is a tower deck, that is the card that makes it go and just have them smash uh, the province where he holds. Um, oh, that would be my plan, yeah. yeah. So if you... So you're actually buying Mitsu out first turn? Uh, I would generally buy Mitsu out first turn if I can. The only exception is against Crab, uh, since then yeah. he just gets way of the Crab. Mm -hmm. um, but against anyone else, I will I will probably buy him uh, if, he, if he shows up. If he doesn't, um, then you just try and uh, get the cheapos and save fate. If you're running a Mountain's Anvil deck, then you're definitely just trying to buy cheapos and save fate so you can get a strong character in a future round. Um, Mountain's Anvil decks, um, you're, you're probably looking for uh, Ratsugu, just somebody where they have very strong ability on their character that lets them leverage their stats. But again, you don't necessarily want that first round. Um, one of the other keys that really helps Dragon work is that a lot, because you're towering you're making your tower with a lot of attachments and supplemental abilities. While there's definitely characters that are better to build your tower around, you can usually use pretty much any character that's three cost or higher. Um, you don't want to do one or two cost because then they get assassinated. Um, but any other character, you've got to get the stats high enough, you've got to give them additional abilities uh, through their attachments that you can use whomever you want. You got you got so, what about your conflict deck? What kind of what kind of swords are we looking for? Um, again, it'll depend which deck you're running. So, if you're running a high house deck that's running things like hurricane punches, uh, you actually probably want to get a lot of your hurricane punches, iron foundation stances, or any other cards that that will draw you additional cards, um, since that's just going to um, it, that that gives you addition. Once you get the additional draw, it helps you find whatatever else you're looking for. Uh, it's basically just free siphon. What about uh, the mantras? Uh, Throw those mantras in the trash! <laughs> Alright, so again, uh, assuming that this is for new players, the mantras are a series of cards in Dragon. They're kehos and the reactions to your opponent declaring a conflict. So, you, for example, you have a mantra of fire, which has a reaction. If your opponent declares an attack using the fire ring, then it lets you put a fate on a monk character you control. Uh, there's a mantra of water, where if your opponent declares a conflict using the water ring, uh, you can ready a monk that you control, and so on and so forth for each of the elements. Um, the problem with running the mantras is that they're dependent on what your opponent decides to do. There are some ways to mitigate this with cards like Togashi Tadakatsu, who lets the defending player choose the ring, but they're generally considered to be gimmicky, they're not very reliable, and even when they go off, they don't do a heck of a lot. 
Um, I probably would not mulligan for the mantras. The one exception to this is if I was running mantra of fire and I got my like my five cost Mitsu out turn one, uh, I think I got them in my opening flop, then I might look for mantra of fire to try and get more fate on them. Particularly because it's very common for your opponent to try and get the fire ring to dishonor your big um, three fate yeah. investment or your big uh, three glory character that you've invested all your fate in anyway. The matches make me think of something since they are uh, monk dependent, aren't they? Aren't the matches monk dependent? They are. Uh, a yes. lot of them are. They, they can only target but a I monk do... or a character with a monk attachment. Which is also the truth for Hurricane Punch and uh, Void Fist, which are very key in the dragon decks. So, what's your ratio to monks slash other things in your deck and stuff? I know that the Seal of the Dragon can like smooth that bridge over a little bit, but... Most dragon decks that are running monk cards are either running all monks or they're running monk, uh, monks with maybe one or two exceptions. Um, so the most popular monk deck right now is one created by Demagogue, uh, Mitsu Tada. And I don't know if that means like, Tada is Mitsu, or if it's Mitsu and Tadakatsu. Uh, I think it's Mitsu and Tadakatsu. Yeah, I, I like it better with Surprise Mitsu. But... Well, no. Surprise! Because it's, remember, it's Tada! Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> uh, surprise! What's the surprise? It's swords, many swords. Um, I'm sorry, I lost track of the question. We did, we just went off on that tangent. <laughs> we were talking about how many. Uh, what's the ratio of oh, monks yes, to non monks? Um, so in in my deck, the only non monk that I'm running is Dubushugenja, who's just a cheap, well statted bounty to put to put out there. And most of the time, I just use her to bow her for um, in service to my lord anyway. Um, on the other hand. Uh, you get decks like Mitsu Tada, and I believe the only non-monk that is running is Togashi Okuni, because his stats are amazing, his ability is bonkers, and you can turn him into a monk, as you said, with Seal of the Dragon. But even if you can't get him into a monk, usually he does enough other stuff on his own to be worthwhile. Um, is uh, Nitin Master no longer these decks? Nitin Master is in another Dragon Tower deck out of Mountain's Anvil Castle. Um but that one is not as monk-dependent. Uh, Neaton Master was one of the core car cards for Dragon in, well, core. Uh, said so four cluster, three, three, uh, with two glory, and had reaction to, uh, after weapon attaches, ready this character, tw limit twice per round. So it's this pretty well-statted body that you can uh, honor up, get their stats even higher, and get them into, uh, again, those multiple conflicts. Turning them into a monk mm -hmm. meant that you could start using hurricane punches with them and void fist, and it was this very effective battering ram. The problem is that he didn't do much other than be a big body, mm -hmm. uh, and getting it was too reliant on getting those seals on him to make him active for void fist. And in the end, it, I don't think he does enough in the current environment. We have a much more active environment than we do uh, than we did back in core, and. As a result, having big numbers on their own is not enough. If it, if it were, then Lion would have had a, a much better first two years of the game. Okay. So he's largely been replaced by Mitsu. Uh, he's been Which, by, by the way... Mitsu. He's been replaced by new Mitsu. Uh, he's been... Um, but the other thing is just... Four cost is expensive. If I'm buying a four coster, he's got to do a lot. Because that means that that's four fate plus the extra I'm putting on him that I don't have to spend on all those nice attachments that are in the dragon deck. Do you have a preference between new Mitsu and old Mitsu? They both seem rather effective. Yeah. Um, I th I will say that pretty much all of the Dragon players, we didn't underestimate old Mitsu, but we dismissed him in comparison. Um, if he wasn't named Togashi Mitsu, I would run him in a heartbeat. Uh, but I prefer new Mitsu because my deck is based on just spamming as many cards per round as I can, and original Mitsu is much better at that. Uh, new Mitsu is based on having these powerful effects. Um, he has the ability uh, action if you have played five or more cards this round, uh, choose a ring and resolve its effects, which is uh, getting, a, getting a ring when everyone is phenomenal. Uh, your opponent bowed Mitsu, cool. Uh, you can use water ring to ready him. Uh, he's dishonored, you can get the fire ring. Uh, your opponent's built up a tower, you can get the void ring off to uh, make sure that they leave play a lot sooner. Your opponent's dishonoring you, um, great, resolve an extra air ring and get some of that honor back. So, new Mitsu is incredibly powerful, but you have to decide what your deck is going for. Is it going for 
spamming lots of cards, or is it going for these ring effects? All right, let me. I got a question on uh, about New Mitsu because I mean, I I uh, I'm, I'm supposed to play Dragon this uh, on Thursday. Oh, good. Right? We won the we won the vote. Yes, you did. Um, I'm supposed to play Dragon this Thursday, and um, I, I I do play that the, the Demagogue deck. I'm I'm planning on playing that deck because that's the most popular Dragon deck right now. It's a and, really um, good deck, and it's a very fun deck to run. It is. It is. It's a lot of fun. I've played it several times already, and um, so. I'm playing so the card the the deck is playing basically says play as much cards as you can every single conflict and you know keep refilling your hand. Now the thing the, here's the thing, your opponent sometimes will see that you're defending and then will just take their people home. Mm-hmm. At that point, do you just like you know cut your losses and just like not play any cards, or do you just like you know you you go ahead and still play the cards to get the ring effects and you know to put the extra fate on Mitsu. Well, the, the unhelpful answer is it depends, which is also a very dragon answer. Okay. Um, yeah. Specifically, what you want, the more helpful answer is to pay attention to what it depends on. Do I need to get the stronghold off to put fate on uh, on Mitsu? Like, is is my tower in danger of dying? Um, but if he has two or more fate on him, then you don't need to do it for that. Are the rings that absolutely crucial? Do I need to get an air ring off now and I'm not going to have a chance to later? Um, then I might do it. Otherwise, probably I would I would save the cards. Okay. One of the things that I dislike about the uh, about Demagogue's deck is that it doesn't have as many cards to play, and it doesn't cycle them as well as the uh, the other monk deck does. So you you can spam yes you want to spam as many cards as you can, but you can't do that indefinitely. You've got about I would say three maybe five turns where you can do that. And if the game goes beyond that, you're you just don't have the cards to play anymore. Yeah. Um, and yes, stuff can cycle, but you're all because you're also running Dragon Tattoo in that deck. Um, a lot of them have just they're just out of the game. Um, a lot of them are cards that are attachments, and they're attached now, especially the free ones. So playing five cards per round just gets a lot harder and a lot more expensive. Yeah. Um, the most important question for me is going to be, am I going to get to use that Mitsu in another conflict? Uh, are they going to bow out as a result of the conflict, or do I have a way to ready them afterwards or keep them from bowing? Right. Okay. All right. Um, so now, if because like uh, if, if they are if they're attacking with like a tower, and uh, you're defending with Mitsu, and they pull the and they pull their tower out. So you're not able to, so you know, so so Mitsu's there on its own. Um, mm-hmm. He Mitsu's at the end of the conflict. Mitsu bows out. I mean, are are you gonna have? To, are you like gonna try have to go out of your way to try to get Mitsu back in another conflict, or maybe you have to try to swing with the water ring to stand Mitsu back up, or is that at the point it's just like, oh well, this just sucks. Um, again, it's it's going to vary. Um, okay. It'll depend on what else I have in my hand. Um. If I have the fate and indomitable will, um, then I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and run it, even if it's not the absolute strongest play I, ha- I can have to get that tower in another conflict. It is incredibly psychologically intimidating, and okay. most players are not disciplined enough to know the appropriate reaction to that. Um, like their feeling is going to be, I I went to all this effort to bait out the tower, got them in a conflict made them use all their stuff and now they're gonna bow now I don't have to worry about that and then they see the tower is still ready. It is it's a feeling. Yeah, um, yeah it is. And it it throws most players. Uh disciplined players know how to react to that. They say, Alright, he's still there, but also my opponents spend a lot of resources. What did they give up to do that? Um and this is why I'm reluctant to say spend those cards to get Mitsu's ring effects and get the stronghold off if you don't absolutely need to. So, clans individually. Tell me about the Crabos. You talked about it bre- recently, or uh, earlier, where you said uh, try to be on the lookout for Way of the Crab. Nothing sucks more than buying a, a Mitsu with five fate on him and then having him die a second yep. later. Um, so, if you... If you're new to the game, you're going to lose a couple games to Way of the Crab. Um, just accept that as learning experience. Uh, Way of the Crab is a crab event. They sacrifice a friendly crab character they control, and you have to choose and sacrifice a character that you control. They're 
is no direct offense against it. So things like Finger of Jade, Above Question, um, even High House of Light, because Way of the Crab doesn't target, it doesn't actually protect you. Um, Which I always think is a really weird thing about Way of the Crab, but uh, <laughs> that's the reality we live in, unfortunately. Yeah, Sixth uh, we actually did an interview with Brad and Tyler uh, in the first year of the game. And asking why certain cards, and one of the questions I asked was, why don't a lot of these events target? And the response was, we want cards to play as intuitively as possible. If it is not necessary for a card to target to achieve this effect, we don't want to write it in there. I disagree with the design philosophy, but at least I understand it. I like the idea, but when you have effects of like, oh, here's a card that protects my dude. And then this card does not—it does not protect my dude because of weird wording situations. Ah, the goal is kind of fit. Right. So you, you see, that's another here nor like, there. Uh, we have the crowd consumed by five fires and so on. But we're—we're we're not here to criticize design. So that—that's the situation we have. Let's deal with it. Um, there are only two two real defenses against way of the crowd. The first is if you have a save such as reprieve, and the traditional dragon bug deck, uh, which is called test or copy of test, you uh used crab splash so you could just keep your big tower around indefinitely um, so that is one possible defense the other defense is have other characters that you can sacrifice so if you're up against crab you want to get a couple cheapos out with enough fate that they'll stick around before you get your tower um, keep in mind that a very common crab tactic if they see you only have one guy protecting your tower is to try and assassinate and uh your cheapo and then wave the crab um, so for this you want to keep at least two bodies around, or at least have one in your hand that you can buy. Like you can drop a tattooed wanderer, um, then they can soak up away of the crab for you. Um, the other thing that helps again, um, but do remember that way of the crab can also be played in the fate phase. Yeah. So after your fate characters have left, you might have that tower vulnerable again. You've got to play around that. Yeah, this okay. is why I think cards like Ancient Master is really important because. You know, two fate. It, it's con just consider it as a two fate investment in a two fate insurance policy for your uh, for your tower. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's good to have those conflict characters for that reason. Ancient yeah. Master is such a useful and versatile character and card that does not do the one thing he's supposed to be doing in this <laughs> I, game. <laughs> all right. Sometimes uh, he does. <laughs> quick side. When I when I came up with my monk deck. Um, I, d I did a video uh, demonstrating the deck, and my friend Kyle agreed to uh, be my sparring partner for it. And when I played Wave, the, it, when I played Ancient Master as an attachment, it just brought the game to halt as he said, "Hang on, I need to read this. I've never seen anyone do that before." <laughs> um, yeah, Ancient I would say Ancient cool. Master is actually very helpful in some monk yeah. decks because the monk decks rely on card draw. But, again, like you say, his versatility is one of his greatest assets. You can drop yes. it as a body for Wave the Crab. You can drop it as a body to steal the favor. You can drop it as a body uh, to bow for um, in service to my lord or to sacrifice for common cause. So it is it, it, it is one of the best cards, not just for what it does, but because of all the things that it can do. Um, beyond that with Crab, uh, you're probably going to be... You're probably running a policy debate as a restricted card, and knowing what they have as their options is incredibly helpful. Um, at, you'll hear me say this a lot. Another key to the crab matchup is to save your attachment hate, your let goes and your Mia mystics and use them very judiciously. Most crab decks are ring dishonor as a secondary win condition. And so being able to take out watch commanders uh, can be exceedingly helpful. Being able to take out uh, reprieves for their big towers is very helpful. Um, and so for the crab, a lot of people don't appreciate it, but information is the key to that matchup. Knowing when they're out of way of the crabs and knowing when they're out of saves. Um, the last thing to be aware, watch out for in crab is their new character, Butcher of the Fallen. This is a six dash for four. Uh, and when they attack, you cannot assign defenders who have a, uh, unless their printed military skill is equal to or greater than the number of uh, unbroken provinces you control. So all those swords you have are worthless against them. Exactly. So all our ways of buffing our guys, suddenly they, they don't actually help that much. It, it's not even base. So you can't do a set base effect. It is printed. What is physically on the card itself. Exactly. Um, so the best, the first good strong defense against that is break their provinces before he comes out. And the second defense is to have move-in effects. Uh, favorable ground 
for Imclam move, uh, Hawk Tattoo can all be very helpful for that matchup. Okay. Sounds good. Now, for my precious baby in the infinite crane slash dragon dueling rivalry, what do you do against cranes? Uh, well, I will I will say that for the first two years uh, two years of the game, dragon was unequivocally the better dueling clan, and now it is unequivocally crane. I can I, I have no ego that uh, is getting my way for admitting that uh, the title has passed. I would I would question your timeline there, but that's for another time. Oh, I I, I will happily run uh, run a retro game with you to prove this. <laughs> Anywho, uh, uh, nowadays, uh, you're up against a crane. Cranes are mid-tier dueling guys, but your guys are bigger. So what what are we doing here? What are you worried about? The biggest problem with the crane matchup now is most crane are splashing Scorpion and uh, using uh, Mark of Shame as the restricted card. So it's very easy for crane to honor their guy, their cheapo, dishonor your big tower, and then throw you off a bridge. Yeah, um, the bridge. So crane kill is a big issue. Uh I'll push back slightly. I don't think most cranes are doing that, but there are enough of them out there to, to keep a warrior for that. So I will give you that credit. All the crane that I've been running into over the past two months. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that sounds like a bad time. Hang on, I, oh, wow. I, I, I actually there, have my, there definitely uh, is a... my, my record sheet here. Hang on one moment. Uh, oh, wow. I am that nerd who keeps a spreadsheet of all their matches. Hey, I did oh, too. I too. Okay, so since April fourth, it looks like I played eleven games against Crane. Um, of those, eight of them were uh were scorpion splash, one crab, uh one dragon, and one phoenix splash. Phoenix splash, what the heck? Uh, they did not win that matchup. <laughs> oh wait, no, I take it back. They did win that one. Never mind. Oh, oh, they found the secret. Never mind. But anywho, yeah. So yeah, uh, anything that blows up a single unit is probably something very bad for your deck to deal right. with. Um. So you you want to try and there's two types of protection you have against uh, getting thrown off the bridge and I want to be clear that getting thrown off the bridge is your primary concern in this matchup. Um, the first defense is just keep your guys honored, and I say just as if it's that easy, but it is the first thing you want to try and do. Now that said, they have mark of shame, so you're you are limited a bit much. They can dishonor you whenever they want if they have two fate and the card, but you you at least want to make them work for it. Uh, the second defense is uh, Finger of Jade, which provides some um, some armor. Uh, the key then is don't use Finger of Jade necessarily, and try and if they're running Scorpion Splash, they're also running Calling Favors. So you need to bait out their attack, their anti-attachment cards. Uh, it sucks let it, having somebody using Calling and Favors on something like a Dragon Tattoo, or a Togashi Acolyte, or a Way of the Dragon, but it is better than losing your big tower. So do what you can to bait that out. Um, the third challenge in the crane match is one of the best cards in most dragon decks is policy debate. And this crane, not only is it hard to pull off because they have bigger blue numbers than we do, but they also can use Kikita and Kikita to ready to, or to honor whomever you challenge. Right. So you have to be much more careful with how you use that card. Oh yeah, don't go into a duel willy-dilly with a crane. Things will go badly yeah. for you. Yep. Even if you have what bigger numbers. <laughs> they can afford to bid high in those duels then uh since they they're gonna get more honor throughout the game just by virtue of they have more honored characters leaving play. Yeah. As a something I really love is when I've been a game and I try to play court games on my character to honor them and they try to stop me with a duel <laughs> with a defend your honor. Like, uh, I'm like, uh, okay, uh, buddy. Uh, okay. You know what? If they're making that mistake, then they deserve to be punished for so they can learn their lesson. It was me, wasn't it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something you do. Yeah, it does, actually. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so moving on, uh, how about, uh, the, uh... The mirror, mirror match. match. I, I actually really like the mirror match, mostly because I think the Strike the Summit deck that I created is stronger than the Demigode deck in the mirror. Um, in the general meta, it's not, but I think it does have a slight advantage in the mirror, and you can leverage that. Um, because dragon decks are tower decks and they function on attachments, the key to the mirror match is, again, using that attachment control. Don't waste on something like Togashi Acolyte. It's just gonna, Mitsu's just going to call it back. Yeah. Um, maybe use it on a dragon tattoo, but 
even then I'd be very judicious. Um, I want to use it for something like a Way of the Dragon or a Duelist Training. So that's going to give a lot of recurring value and that they're going to have a hard time getting back to their hand. Um, another thing to be careful of is because Dragon decks uh, with High House can make the, their big towers immune to events, don't expect Void Fist to do as much work for you as it does in other, in other matchups. It's a surprisingly weak card in the mirror. Um, just because the, um, your opponent can say, I can't be targeted anymore. Yeah. Are you a High House of Light turning out to be a useful card after all? High House of Light was always a useful card, and I said at the beginning it was underrated. The question was just, how do, how do we leverage it? It could have been designed better, and I'm, I'm not trying to defend what's there, but it was definitely better than a lot of Dragon players gave it credit for, myself included. And I remember Tyler... Uh, going online at some point, I think he was talking in one of the um, one of the other podcasts and saying something like, Dragon players haven't given uh, the pack a shake, they haven't given High House a shake, they need to test with it more, and he was right. Uh, we were quick to jump. Actually, I think it was on this podcast with me and Sar. Yeah. That, was, that was with you guys? I think, I think, I think when we, we interviewed him a couple of months yeah. ago, he was just like, I told you all, yeah, <laughs> y'all much. doubted me, and I, how high some light is the truth. I have been saying that since, like, remember the conversations I've had with you about the Dragon Pack. <laughs> I've told, I, and how many times have I said, Dragon players are sleeping on their pack. Yeah, I still think that pack is largely garbage, but it's got a few gems. <laughs> the I'll, Phoenix I'll Clan it. Pack was mostly garbage. Oh, well, that's not going to start this one again. <laughs> well, most of most clan packs are garbage. Like, most clan packs you get, uh, like, there's, what, uh, 30 cards in there, and of them, generally about three, maybe four see play. Yeah. But those three or four, do you mind if you're in three copies of each? Um, like, that, that's uh, 10% of your cards, roughly. Uh, 10, 15%, like, that. that is a big influence. Yeah, that's, uh, I think some of them weighed better than others. So, but, uh, anyway. Uh, so, for the, for the mirror match, just... Key on your let goes, figure out which one's the most optimal ones for there. Yep. Key on your let goes. Okay. Um, policy debate is another absolutely critical card um, because it lets you get rid of a lot of those problem cards early, especially if it lets you get rid of attachments so you don't have to use your let goes or uh, if it kills your opponent's let goes. Um, right. One area of mirror match I do want to point out is I, I keep talking about this off brand Shirokitsuki deck. That can be a surprisingly tough match in the mirror. Um, not because Shiro Kitsuki is so good, but because it's being run by other Dragon players who know how your deck works and know what cards to look out for. Um, it's not... It, I, I don't say that it's an impossible matchup or even a supremely difficult one, but if you go into it expecting, oh, it's Shiro Kitsuki, it's rubbish, especially against not, and for a Dragon Mirror, you're going to be surprised how well they do against you. All right. So... Bust out the spray bottles and get that cat off the counter. What are we doing with the Lion Clan? Lion is a tough matchup for Dragon uh, because Lion Tower can just get bigger than our towers can. And because they, for some reason, they have a zero cost save, um, they can keep that tower around the entire game even easier than we can. Lion did need a boost (laughs) for this year, but they got it. They they did. I I would say that it was too much, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm actually very happy that... uh, Tyler and OP are not immediately rushing to RL stuff. They're letting things develop. Um, <laughs> so I, for this Riven Terminate series we have going on this year, yeah. <laughs> that, that's like it's not like it's disrupting the Kote season at the moment. <laughs> um, Lion also runs ta- runs towers right now for the most part. So you again, the key is going to be how do you use your attachment hate? Um, things you you really want to look out for are their movement effects. Um, like if they're doing traditional line unicorn splash, no more targets would be adorned Barcha. Uh, secondaries would be favored mount. Um, the tactical ingenuity is an annoying card, and if you have nothing better than to use to use a mystic on, yeah, kill it. I would not necessarily use a let go on it. Um, line also have enough buffs that they, even if they're that if their attachments have made their tower bigger than ours their events can temporarily make them bigger. Um, so you have to be pretty careful about that. Um, key for Lion is trying to get your tower bigger than theirs, and over the long term, the Dragon Tower beats the Lion Tower. Uh, theirs runs out of gas, ours keeps going. 
but there's even though there's can run out of gas, it's got an awful lot of gas in the tank. Uh, so you have to decide, are you trying to break them before they break you, or are you trying to outlast them? And once you commit to a strategy, you've, you've got to stick with it. You can't switch halfway through. Uh, so yeah, Lyot are not really using the Unicorn Splash Hyper Tower thing that they were using a few months ago. They seem to have moved over to a largely Honor Slash Tower hybrid deck. Uh, some of it is a little bit more honor, some of it's a little bit more tower. How do you deal with the honor aspect of that thing? Because Dragon is like one of the... Um, I run Ibiusu's Blessing, and that actually takes care of it pretty handily. Um, Ibiusu's it, it Blessing is basically the neutral version of duty. It's the card you run if you're afraid you're going to be dishonored. But it also has the advantage of being able to deal with the honor decks pretty well. Um, and it draws a card, so it replaces itself. Um, I would... I would actually recommend most decks that don't have another way to deal with those aspects uh, put a copy in right now, not just Dragon. Um, it is one of the best one-ups in the game. Yeah, I suppose if you don't have access to a whole lot of uh, honor tools that will uh, keep you afloat for at least a little while. Well, Dra Dragon have uh, Tranquil Philosopher, which does a lot of work in that regard, um, that is at least in terms of keeping you afloat for a little bit longer. But Abisu's... Ibisus can be an eight an eight honor swing. It, it can get you four. It can take four away from your opponent. Um, and th there have been a lot of games where I'll be uh, like we're going to the bidding phase. I'm at something like uh, six honor. My opponent is at nineteen. And as long as they don't have two fade in case they're running an off brand uh, way of the chrysanthemum, I will five bid if I if I have a crack at their stronghold. Um, and if they do that, like all five to their one, there's a four honor swing. They're feeling so good, and oh, just the look on their face uh, when you play that abisus. Like, I'm sorry, I just had a little moment there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all my honor back. <laughs> do you need do you, do you need a tissue for your tear? <laughs> oh man. Uh, yes, for my tear. That that's definitely what that was. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, so I uh, guess moving on then, uh, how do you deal with Phoenix now that they're no longer bowing your clan champion all the time? Uh, well, I'm not running my clan champion, so that's not a, much of an upset. Uh, that's not as helpful as it would be. Um, the big issue with Phoenix is consumed by five fires, uh, which is the bane of every single tower deck. Um, if I'm facing Phoenix, I'm mulliganing hard for a policy debate because I want to get rid of con uh, Consumed by Five Fires as soon as I can, whatever the cost of it. Um, the, again, Phoenix is the issue of they can, build up their they can build up their character super strong for one or two turns with multiple supernatural storms, uh, honoring their character and using their stronghold. They, they can get some pretty high numbers there. Um, but... Yeah. At least for the, the traditional, I say traditional because what they used to do, the uh, Kiyun, uh, Isawa, Shigenji deck, most of them kind of moved over to the uh, old box yeah. with the Scorpion Splash Dishonor thing. Right. I haven't seen a whole, I haven't seen Kiyun and Isawa in a while. Uh, I'm actually, I'm seeing a lot of variety in Phoenix decks these days. Uh, I'm, I am seeing Scorpion Dishonor, but I'm seeing, like, you're definitely seeing the Pacifism Dishonor deck that just sits back and doesn't do anything. Um, there was a drop this week about an Enlightenment deck, and it sounds like a meme, but this thing has teeth, and I, I'd recommend playing against it or running it yourself a couple times just to see what? it's out What? Wait, there. wait. Okay, I'm going to need you to send me the link on that one, because that, that that sounds really spicy. It it sounds spicier than it actually is, but my god, this thing works. Um, it, it basically combos with Display of Power, um, Wholeness of the world. Uh, there's one other card uh, that lets them exchange the uh, rings. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm very well aware of all these cards. Okay, <laughs> but it, this deck is real, um, and it tends to lighten out on turn three, often uh, maybe turn four, and there's not a whole lot of play around against it. Okay. Um, hmm. Huh. Sounds intriguing. Okay. Uh, that's definitely something. Um. Ooh, okay, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, back on topic. All right, so I was making a note to myself to send that to you. Um, key, for, uh, key for Phoenix is 
you want to uh, you want to be aggressive against them. You want to get not just keep your tower around, but you want to keep making building them bigger and bigger, so you can get those policy debates off. And you never know when you're when they're, despite your best efforts, they might get that consumed. Um, so when it happens, you want to be in a position with a strong hand, with a good pool of fate, so you can uh, rebuild your tower on somewhere someone else. Um, the last thing to be careful with the Phoenix is their new uh, Stronghold Province, Retired of the Brotherhood. Uh, if your tower doesn't have any fate uh, when attacking that Stronghold, um, they're going to go join a monastery somewhere, yeah. and you're going to get a bunch of new guys not in the conflict who are not going to help you as much. Uh, there's no real shield against this. Finger of Jade doesn't do it. Uh, the only thing you can do is have extra fate on your on your tower. Um, so, But that's not really going to really... Because Mitsu will always have some fate on him. Right? Not not necessarily. Phoenix are usually pretty aggressive about working the Void Ring, and because of display of power, I can attack the Void Ring when I want to. If I do that, they just don't defend and take fate off my tower. Got it. You hear that, Sar? If someone has display of power, you don't attack with useful rings. <laughs> if, if I, if I, I can notice that. display of power, I'm, generally I'm attacking with Earth, because that, that's good enough to get them to use it, and it Basically, they spend two fate in order to make me discard a card. I, I can live with that. And okay. at least it gets one display of power out of the way. Uh, otherwise, I'm probably going with air or water. And it, that's not going to draw the display most of the time. Uh, maybe air well if they're a dishonor deck. Uh, but at least they're not they're not using the effects against me. But yeah, it, it is very common in the Phoenix matchup for my tower to have no fate when we get to the stronghold. And I've got to play around it somehow. Um, so maybe that'll be attacking the not, a non-stronghold province just so I can use the box, get fate on on the tower, try and keep them ready for another conflict, and then go after the box. Um, but it, you you have to think about things. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to think about things with every, almost every aspect of this game. In most, in most card games. Yeah, you, you, you say that, but <laughs> I do a lot of my games late at night after I've been drinking. <laughs> I'm sorry, not Fair after a while. So, uh, next up is Scorpion. Yeah. Now, usually uh, uh, Dragon has a really hard time keeping really? your honor up because you don't have almost any honor tools, but you, you've been telling me that you have some tricks up your sleeve. Yeah. What do we got here? Um, I'm generally actually not worried about dishonor against Scorpion most of the time. Um, it can be an issue if you're not careful. Uh, you, you have to respect it. But your biggest honor tools against Scorpion um, are first Tranquil Philosopher, just can use to gain a couple honor each round. Um, second, uh, Togashi Initiate, you just have him attack and honor himself so that he dies and gets you an honor that way. And third is Abisu's Blessing, uh, because most Scorpion are not running for Edict anymore, um, so you can generally get that off relatively easily. Um, you'd have to watch out for Censure, but it is not as difficult yeah. to get off as it used to be. Yeah, they got Censure, they got that, uh, old, uh, or that new, uh, hand-me-down cancel now too, don't they? Or is that not out yet? Forgery is not out yet. Um, no. Okay. We'll, Not yet. We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> uh, the big issue with Scorpion is all the anti-tower stuff they have. Uh, most Scorpion are running um, Phoenix Splash these days, so you're dealing with things like Earth Becomes Sky. Uh, you need other ways to ready your character to at least draw that out. Um, a lot of them are running um, Dispatch to Nowhere, so you have to keep fate on your tower. You can't just say... Well, they went down to zero fate at the end of one round, but I'll get fate on them in the next round and keep them alive. No, they're they're gonna go on a road and wind up in some backwater province. You're never gonna see them again. Um, the uh, all the dragon ideal towers have three glory, so way of the scorpion is a big issue for them. Now, if you can build the tower up in other ways, being dishonored is actually not as big of a penalty as it might sound. But it is still a penalty that you have to work, be able to work around and play around. Um, the big weakness against Scor the biggest weakness against Scorpion is because the dragon decks are so card hungry. We have a hard time once the bids drop low, um, which dishonor decks will try and do. So you need to keep your honor game going as long as possible. Get an air ring off early uh, if you can, and if it, if they're running Phoenix and they use display of power. Uh, on an air ring when you're still at nine, eight or nine honor. You know what? I know that the Nefact is the same, but psychologically it makes a big difference. Um, so 
take these things into account. The good news is that it's usually pretty easy to outstat Scorpion. Um, so if you can get your tower built up to any kind of reasonable level, and you can keep them protected, you you run over Scorpion in the conflicts. But you have to you have to play with in that defensive mindset first. Uh, a very common example is for Shane. If they hit your tower for Shane, bow them. I, whatever you're gonna you thought you were going to do is not worth dishonoring them, and then try and ready them again in some other fashion. And if, if it doesn't happen, fine, it doesn't happen. But it is still better than having your tower dishonored against Scorpion. Avoid dishonor tokens yeah. at all costs. Pretty much. <clears throat> okay, alright. Moving right along here. Uh, Final Clan, the Unicorns. Get a... Uh, Wave of thunder hoofing down on you. What do you do? Um, so I actually think the unicorn matchup is a pretty fun one because unicorn wants to go fast, dragon wants to go mid to late game, and for the not the early game, not the mid game, but kind of like that little stretch between the two of them, the game gets in this really weird place because you're building up your tower, but they're not there yet. Uh, they have some of the tools for a push, but not everything they need. But they don't want to wait for it, and so the game gets into this really uncertain state. Um, the biggest issue against Scorpion, uh, sorry, not against Unicorn, is um, uncertainty. So, for example, um, Endless Plains. The big single biggest strength against Endless Plains is that Unicorn don't need to run it to take advantage of it. Uh, every game you have to treat as if they're running it until proven otherwise. Um, yeah, I still maintain that most of the best Unicorn players don't play it, but enough of them do play it that you have to assume it's there until oh, yeah. <laughs> it blows oh, up. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, remember running, I remember running in a uh, Five Fate at Ultadaka straight into Endless Plains. <laughs> that was... I was got a story of a... Yeah. Kotai, I was at where uh, I had a uh, my Yoshi out, and he had like three Fate on him. And I'm getting ready to attack, and I look at the board, I look at my player, and I look at the board, I'm like, you're running in those planes. I don't attack. At the very next turn, I poked it with like a little small weenie. Sure enough, it was at those planes. <laughs> so you have to treat it as if they are running it unless you know otherwise. Um, the other big weakness that we have against Scorpion, it, uh, I keep saying against Unicorn, is Shinjo Ambusher, <laughs> uh, which turns off new, uh, new Restoration of Balance. Um you are going to be tempted to use your policy debates for things like Shinjo Ambusher because you want to get that rest off. It is not worth it. There are better things for, uh, for it. Uh, Barchas, Cavalry Reserves. Um, think that Unicorn have some pre have a pretty strong conflict deck, and they're at least knowing what their options are in addition to being able to preemptively take, it, take away their biggest tools is incredibly helpful. Um, you want to poke... Uh, things as early as possible to do things like find out where Endless Plains is, or flip cons or do before it actually matters. Um, the last big thing to worry about in Unicorn is um, what's her name? Um, Utaku Tetsuko? Yes. Uh, because again, if we need to play five cards per round, each of them costs us an extra fate, you're gonna have a bad time. So, you have... If she once she hits the board, you want to bank enough fate that you can play your cards and void fist her home as soon as possible. Yeah, and of course, then work the void ring to get rid of her, since unicorn don't actually have a whole lot of saves. You guys don't have any kill it either, do you? I think most plants don't have any kill, but you don't have any. Dragon doesn't, doesn't have any, have any kill anymore. We we do not. Uh, we have. We, well, I guess we have Ritsugu. Ritsugu, who can be a kill, oh, but he doesn't, yeah. whole, he doesn't get a whole lot of play these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You take Miramoto Ratsugu and you take uh, the Dragon Dueling uh, Holding, and what you get is some Inferior Dueling. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, used be it used to be better. It used to be better. We did. also t technically have Just a Cars Approach, which I still want to figure out how to make it work in a deck. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I forgot about it's... that one. <laughs> it... I, remember that, uh, I remember when that card was, uh, was, uh, was, was previewed. And the big thing everyone was saying, just count to three, just count to three, just count to three. I still think it's a good card. I I don't know how to make use of it yet. Um, because the, the big issue with Dragon Dueling right now is we actually ca um, came out to a lot of clans, 
we can outtool the, the other towers. Okay. Um, so you, you have hybrid dueling out of uh, Demagogue's deck, but a straight dragon dueling deck just loses to other tower decks because you can't get your, your duelist big enough. But beyond that, Unicorn, if you can get to turn three, you're probably going to be in a good shape. Um, just got to last until then. All right, now I think that's all the clans, right? Um, uh, yeah. Well, since there's no Mantis clan, I'm afraid so. Oh. And there never will and be. You hear that, Melissa Palmer? Yeah. Just hear that, Melissa? A little bit. And yeah, I think she's. Uh, I think she's. Oh wait, hold on. I hear. I. I, I... Oh, hi, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. Um. Yeah. Uh, so. No mantis, no spider, thank God, and no rattlings. So that's all the clans. Yep. Anyway, any final thoughts that um that you know you? Well, actually, let me ask you this: if you were going, if if you are playing against dragon, what are what, what's like one thing you gotta keep in mind? Ooh, um, dragon is yes. card dependent. If you can drop, if you can drop your bid before them effectively, and still stay viable in the game, you're gonna win. Okay. Uh, Dragon don't have enough supplemental draw to uh, to get everything that they need. Uh, it those those first couple of turns are gonna be rough, but if you can if you can drop effectively, and uh, when they have to when they have to match you for honor's sake, they're gonna lose. Yeah, I never, uh, don't always have a Dishonored deck, but usually when I look at Dragon, I usually win more often by uh, lowering my bids and throwing some air rings at them until they just kind of yeah. like putter out. Yeah, it, it does run out of fuel. Alright, good to know. Alright, I think that is pretty much it, right, for this episode, anyway. Uh, so, Trevor, do this, you... This episode has rained on me, rained on me, rained on me, rained on me. <laughs> Uh yeah. So um anyway, there is a way you can actually tie that song to the uh, to the Rain of Blood. One of the producer is a uh, is an artist by the name of Blood Pop. Blood Pop. Blood okay. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Th this is a really tenuous connection, but I appreciate your making it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we haven't been painfully ex explicit about it. Lady Gaga has a new song out there with Ariana Grande called Rain on Me, which they say many times that Sar insisted that we watch before recording today. So. Hey, and, uh, you I, all I know saying, every. I, I I I don't think it's a secret that I'm like a Lady Gaga super fan. <laughs> I I will say that, uh, once again, it is exactly the song that you would expect as a collaboration between Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. There we go. If if that sounds like a good thing for you, you will like the song. If it doesn't, then <laughs> you're going to be well. You're no worse off than you were before. Right. So, uh, so, and uh, we also, oh, also one last thing. Uh, thank you to the Jigoku devs for getting um, pack, was it pack three up on uh, on Jigoku? Oh yeah, yeah. It's up there. F yep, so FFG was kind enough to release image packs, and we have taken those image packs and may or may not have put them on a questionably legal system to keep this <laughs> life of this community running. Yes, it's on the wink and nod system. Yes, yes. Any good cards in there for uh, dra any things for dragon in that pack? I actually think the new Katsuki cards in there are better than they're getting credit for. Okay. Um, especially the the uh, Katsuki one drop where you uh, with the action to look at four random cards in your opponent's hand. Um, his stats suck, but looking at your opponent's getting those those four cards and the fact that it's a reusable ability each round you can pull that off. That is better than it gets credit for. Um, okay. I don't think it's enough, but th th something is coming together there. We'll see what happens. All right. All righty. So that is pretty much it. So uh, time for shout-outs. Uh, Alex, any shout-outs for you? Uh, I always have to give a shout-out to Ryan Rocket. Uh, he's yeah. one of our local organizers. Uh, he was, along with this guy named Czar, one of the uh, head judges at Worlds this past year. Yeah. Um, and Ryan has just been so encouraging for me in the game, so uh, we haven't seen him lately, obviously, with the isolation, but hey, Ryan, miss you. Yeah, I miss you too, buddy. I wish, yeah. I mean, he was also, you know, he he and I, we've judged so many Kotes together at this point. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Trevor, any shout-outs for you? 
Let's see. I want to give a shout out to my favorite judge, you, Alex, for judging the L5R K-pop dance contest. Uh, was it two years ago? Uh, that was that was two years ago, and yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that one Pretty... of the uh, dancers involved in it, I'm not going to say who, but had, they have recently contacted me about online dance lessons. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Very nice. So, you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Someone in the history of somewhere has finally earned money off of L5R. <laughs> they said, could never happen. No, no. And they I believe. They contacted me about it. They have not paid me anything. Oh, oh okay. Okay, okay. so you haven't earned. Yeah, okay. Never mind. the the streak remains unbroken great (laughs) all right and uh, i guess for me uh shout out to the uh lcg side i'm sorry the lcg we are the lcg side shout out to yourself sir yes shout out to myself (laughs) no shout out to the uh, rpg side of the podcast uh you know kakita onimaru and uh kakita kiori i'm sorry You're Kakita tomorrow. Wow. Okay, Kakita, uh, Kaori, and Korvar. Uh, they See, do. They are. Way, they are way more organized than we are. Uh, and you know they never have slip ups like this ever. And they're just perfectly, uh, uh, perfectly perfect in every way, just like Mary Poppins. Um. Anyway, they uh, they have. There's a lot of lore discussion there. So, and we've been getting a lot of lore lately. So, yeah, uh, you know, we've been listening to them and uh, getting their takes on things. Also, uh, shout out uh, to CourtGamesPod.com, which is a uh, pretty big repository of all things uh, L5R community-wise. Anyway, uh, so check that out. Also, uh, make sure to uh, support the Patreon. You get access to things like my. Uh, special uh you know jigoku playing matches and voting on um i do once a week and as well as other stuff like get into uh certain rpg games and uh l5r rpg games and stuff like that uh and last uh you know guys don't say this enough but i appreciate y'all hope y'all are doing well and that is pretty much it for me Trevor, do you have anything else? Wash your hands. Yes, that too. That too. Yeah. Wash your hands and stay away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Wash your hands and stay away from me. Okay, with that, I'm Zar Agus. I'm Kikito Odimar. I'm Alex Jacobs. All right, have a good day, and I hope you guys stay safe. Sayonara, everyone.